Hello, and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. For today's episode, we are welcoming back Trey Onyx, Mr. San Francisco Leather 2020, to hear part two of his story. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one just yet, make sure to go back and have a listen. In our first episode together, we speak thoroughly about his experiences coming out with his sexual orientation, as well as his journey through transition. In part two, we will focus a little more closely on Trey's relationship with leather and kink. With that said, let's sit back, relax, and get ready for some more leather talk. seems like you had a whole you know journey through this mm-hmm. military and um <laughs> maybe you know it seems like maybe there were some good people in there and mm-hmm. along the way as well mm-hmm. you know despite yeah. all of the chaos so yeah yeah um but i do want to get more a little bit more into your leather um right. journey if that's all right yeah um so you are Mr. San Francisco Leather 2020, is that correct? Correct, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so <laughs> when did you first discover leather? Um, well, you know, me and Asia, uh, my wife, who's actually, she's the International Miss Leather 2017. Oh, wow. It's a girl complex. Oh, why yeah. did I not put that together? We need to have your wife on the show. <laughs> yeah, she's actually in the living room right now. Okay, uh, yeah. hi, Asia. <laughs> she says hi. <laughs> um, yeah, like, so we were always been kind of kinky and doing our own thing. And she was like, you know, she, I would say she was more proactive than I was on finding leather and stuff. So... We had been doing our own thing in like uh, when we were in San Diego and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then we really couldn't find like leather community like that, like we were trying to find. And then we ended up, I ended up getting stationed in Virginia, um, in Norfolk, Virginia. And we ended up finding the Nighthawks of Virginia. And she looked it up, found it at a random bar called MJ's Tavern in Norfolk. And we just showed up one day and we we're just like uh we're like literally the only black people and um it was like a club maybe maybe like i want to say like 10 uh white guys basically you know okay. and we were like you know my wife is very outspoken and very like she's just she's like completely extrovert you know what i mean so she's i'm an extrovert too but she's a little bit she's a different type of extrovert Okay. But, uh, <laughs> and uh, we went to the bar for the first time and we just see all these, like, you know, the leather vests and everything. And, and we were just like, wow, like, this is crazy. Like, this is awesome. Like, this is what we've kind of been looking for. Mm-hmm. And so we just started hanging out and we just didn't let them kick us out, basically. We're like, no, 
you guys are our friends, and we're hanging out. (laughs) You're going to be my friend whether you like it or not. Exactly. So I was like, no, we're friends. We're doing this, you know. But we hung out. And those guys, like, we had the greatest time. We got into the dirtiest, kinkiest things and we, you know, that we never thought we'd be doing. And we just, like, had the time of our lives just within – it was like we were only there for, like, four years, but it was, like, amazing. Like, they – we just did so many things, like, and got involved in so many community things with leather and everything like that. And we just, that was kind of, like, our start of just, like, our leather journey of, like, life, basically. Like, Wait, so let me go back. This is in Virginia. In Virginia, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. Yeah, of all places. And we were in San Diego. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That is yeah. so awesome. So you guys, I yeah. mean, if you're in Virginia and you're listening right now, leather exists. It's everywhere. It does. It, it does. There's... They actually have a contest now. It's like MX Virginia. It's, it's. I think they hold the contest. Is uh, I think it's at the Hershey Bar in Virginia. Okay. Which is like it's a lesbian bar in Virginia, but they uh, they have an MX contest out there, which is like I haven't been to it yet. So you guys like I will eventually, but I you know. Um, so what year is this when you both you know started to get more involved here? It was like maybe 2013, 2014, around that time. Okay, and it's 2020 yeah. now, so yeah. a handful of years. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And so you do you live in San Francisco now? Yeah, well, we live in Oakland. Okay, so what brought you here? Uh, the military. So I got it. Uh, I got stationed um, in Alameda, the Coast Guard Island over here. And um, that's how we ended up here. But, yeah, like we... Um, and then, you know, Asia, again, she's very pro- proactive with our leather journeys and stuff. Like, so <laughs> um, she ended up finding um, the Alameda Leather Corps. And um, that was cool for a long... We got, in, like, we really propelled ourselves into, like, leather and, like, being uh, being a part of, like, the community and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, we were in Virginia, but um, being in... San Francisco obviously is a different whole different caliber of like participation because we ended up being like uh, with the Alameda Leather Corps we were part of Folsom we were part of um, like Miss San Francisco Leather Mr. San Francisco Leather Uh, we just dove straight in you know and um, she ended up becoming uh, Miss Alameda County Leather in 2016 Mm -hmm. she ran for that contest and she won and um she was like she's like uh, and next thing you know it was like it just shot off from there it was we just like hit the ground running because she had traveling all over the place doing all types of stuff and everything like that with um miss alameda county leather and then she just says to me she's like you know trey i'm gonna run for uh international miss leather and i was like uh okay i i don't know <laughs> what okay let's i i don't know how we're supposed to do this but cool you know so wow um so then she ran and then she ended up winning that year in 2017 and then it's kind of been like a blur ever since <laughs> so what yeah. i mean in some yeah. ways are you saying that asia kind of helped propel your whole title journey and leather journey then yeah she definitely did you know um she is just like she was like a little bit more proactive like i wanted to do it but i was like military and working and traveling and stuff because i was doing a lot of uh i was being deployed a lot and stuff like that because i was um 
still on a ship, like I said. So I was gone pretty much like six months out of the year all the time. So that was pretty much on her to like do all the leather things because I was gone. I was disconnected from the world for like six months at a time. So so when I came back, I just pretty much went to sleep, you know. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> you yeah, know? no energy. Well, yeah. So what what uh, what got you interested in running for your current title in the first place then? Well, you know, I had already, like, so when she's International Miss Leather, we got to travel all over the place and do a whole bunch of things. And, you know, I felt like it was almost like a natural progression of things, you know, because I was out of the military at this time. So I, I didn't have to keep a little profile about leather or anything mm -hmm. anymore. And and I had judged, the first thing I judged was Mr. Daddy's Leather, um, Mr. Daddy's Leather Barber, or Mr. Daddy's Leather Barber Shop. I judged that, and I was like, man, I'm like this is pretty cool. Like, you know, I had watched her do her thing, but being actually involved in the whole process on a different level was, you know, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know, I would like this. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think I judged, like, maybe three or four contests after that, and then I ended up judging Mr. San Francisco Leather. Wow like the year before I ran. And I was like, you know, I was like, this would be perfect platform for me to just talk about making sure that trans men are recognized. Now, during this time, I hadn't realized that there had, there had been such an issue with trans men running for Mr. San Francisco Leather. Hmm. And I just like was, there hadn't been, there'd only been one other trans guy to run that uh, as far as we know, uh, which was Cody, and um, he was Mr. Edge, like 2016, I want to say, um, and he had run, ran for Mr. San Francisco Leather, and they had made it a very horrible experience for him from what he has told me, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, I'm going to do this, because one, there had, there had never been a trans Mr. San Francisco Leather, Two, there never, there's only been one other black Mr. San Francisco leather. And I was like this, which I you probably... So you're never... just breaking down a ton of walls. Right, right. And wow. I was like, I think it's time because we call ourselves progressive. We call ourselves all these things. But yeah. yet, Mr. San Francisco is very white and very, you know, um, cis. And... Where, I mean, it's San Francisco, right? Right. Or, if, if it's going to be, like, liberal and progressive right. anywhere, like, why not here? Exactly. And you're telling me over the 40-plus years that Mr. San Francisco has been around, most of them have been white and most of them have been cis male. And I'm just like, I don't understand that. So... Well, I mean, okay, hold on one second. <laughs> Before we get into, like, how this process was for you, mm -hmm. you're saying that Cody went through kind of some trials here. Oh, yeah. Um, had you experienced any, like, pushback from the community in general at this point? <laughs> like, just being in the leather scene? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <sighs> it is just, it, it, it's like a constant... I mean, okay. It has been... I would say relatively okay, but it is not perfect by any means, right? Like, okay. um, I wouldn't even perfect, I wouldn't even go that, but it's like, there's always like this wall up when it comes to trans individuals being in leather and leather spaces. So mm -hmm. 
uh, were not fully accepted to a certain extent. They're like, okay, you're cool from a distance. I see you, but I don't want you like that close to me, you know, so to speak. Mm. So uh, when I ran for Mr. San Francisco, I already knew I had a lot of support from people and everything, but I already knew that there was going to be people that didn't want to see me in that title. And it, uh, there was a couple of people that made it very clear, you know, um, that they would prefer me not to be in that title. Um, so in other words, you're saying like, okay, you can be here, you can be a part of our space, but we don't want you representing our whole community. They, yeah. Yeah. They just think they're like, overall, they didn't think I was like the, the good representative for Mr. San Francisco based on my gender identity and, um, hmm. and, um, I don't know. It, it was just very, like, I was like, wow. Like, you know, you know people feel that way. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, when they actually, like, bring it to your face and, like, forefront, you know, it's just right. like, wow, wow. Okay. Like, for real. Like, uh, one particular story, uh, I was at the Eagle, and this guy comes up to me. And this is a guy that has kind of been around me a lot. We've had conversations, like, but he never voiced to me that he felt about me being trans. Like, I I just didn't, I thought it was a non-issue, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, to be honest. And then all of a sudden, he comes up to me and he's like, you know, Trey, I want to apologize. And I was like, apologize for what? And he's like, you know, I, he's like, I didn't want to deal with you or talk to you once you were in, Mr. Uh, you won Mr. San Francisco. Because he's like, I didn't think that you should be Mr. San Francisco. And I was like, oh. I was like, well, he's like, well, you know, because you're, you know, you're trans and, you know, and I was like, wow, yeah, I was like, wow, like, okay. I was like, well, what is the problem? You know, because I was like, well, let's talk about this, right? Like, let's figure it like, why, why did you have an issue with me, you know, being a trans person, being Mr. San Francisco? And he was like, I don't know, like sexism. And I was like, "Uh, well, I'm a man. So that's. I don't know what sexism would come into a play. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, well, and then he started getting upset. And he's like, you know, he, because I kind of put him on the spot and, and he, you know, he just like, he, he just kind of shut down and didn't want to talk about it anymore. You know, and he's just like, I just want to say I was sorry. And I was like, all right. And I, I was like, wow, like, okay. And it, it kind of put me in a spot of like, wow, like, so this individual has been around me for a while and he felt this way about me being trans, but he just kind of, so I'm like, basically I felt like as though he was like, okay, like talking about all these things around me, but not actually saying it to me, you know? So, Uh, um, that was kind of a challenge. And a lot of people just didn't think I deserved it based off of, um, I'm not going to say any names, but there's a couple other people that thought that, um, I just didn't deserve the title based off of that, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It was voice, voice to me, it which made me stand in it firmer, it, you know. Right. Because I was like, oh, you don't want me here? Cool. I'm going to make your life hell, basically, <laughs> because I'm here and I'm going to do what I want, you know what I mean? And I don't, and I don't care, you know what I mean? It's, it's, right, it's, right. You know. I just think it's so, like, not funny, haha, but, like, funny, ironic how we're supposedly, like, this community of people mm-hmm. who have, you know, faced the same kind of judgment from the rest of right. society for being queer, gay, kinky, whatever right. you be. And, and then within our community, we still have some of those same issues. Right. right. You know? Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, at the same time, like, you standing firmer means that, like, if you're going through that ha- with somebody who's been close to you all this time, then there are hundreds of other people out there going through the same mm-hmm. thing that may not even have this platform. Right. So, I mean, like, the fact that you have this platform now to speak on this issue is, like, a big deal. Um, I mean, what are, you know, not to push you ahead or anything, but I just want to know, like, what were some of your goals or, or like, what is your intention with the platform that you have now, knowing that you have this kind of space? Right. My, my whole goal is to, or just, like, um, awareness, right? And then also I'm wearing, I'm letting people know that making them aware that there is a problem within the leather community and within even within like San Francisco as a whole when it comes to trans people and trans individuals like and any non-conforming of gender, right? Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. issues with that here. Also making I can't speak for trans women so I'm not going to put that out there at all but uh, as far as for trans men, making it, making it okay that we exist and we are here, right? Like, because a lot of trans yeah. men that I have found won't navigate these spaces at all because of fear of uh, backlash from, like, cis men specifically and dealing with all that comes with that, right? And right. making it, no, them seeing me there and standing there, that they know that they can come in and be cool and be comfortable in this space. Now, I'm not gonna say me alone is gonna make them comfortable, but knowing that at least somebody else has been through it will make them a little bit more comfortable being there, right? So, like, that's my goal, because I've heard it a lot of times, they're like, oh, well, I can't go in there because of this. And I'm gonna tell you, honestly, I don't care. I don't care if you want me there or not. Don't care. So, I mean, you made that clear yeah. going into the Virginia yeah. bar right away. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're friends, okay? <laughs> we're staying. Apparently, I'm forceful with it, I guess. Like, but it's like, <laughs> like, that's like my thing. I'm yeah. just like, no, don't care. You know what I mean? You could, you know, I, I'm almost like at the point where, like, I will almost put myself in the line of fire, I guess, for so to speak, so other people can be comfortable. Because I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life, like, kind of, like, what I've talked about here, and just, I have a pretty, like, don't give a fuck attitude about things when it comes to that anymore. Like, I'm like, your your issue is your issue, you know what I mean? So, you know, and I, I deal with it as it comes, you know what I mean? So, just giving it people the to be, I guess, just, like, the, the strength to just be like, hey, like, I don't care either, let, let me just go in here. You know what I mean? And be and be true to themselves and do what they want to do. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. and that was my whole goal is like awareness and just making sure that people, other people that are like me in my skin can feel comfortable as well. And not and, and not be apologetic, you know? I mean, I guess you're already kind of saying this, but uh, oh, I'll ask you this question anyways. I mean, for those trans members of the community listening to this story right now and everything that you've gone through, I mean what would be your direct message to them if they're standing in front of you debating on whether or not they belong here in the leather community just fuck them go like no like do you and you know just be there and that you know what i mean like it, it may be difficult and it may be hard and it, it may people might say things that you don't want to hear all the time but us showing up and being in the space will create that change for other people 
it's like a slow burn. It's not going to happen overnight, and that's for sure. But it's definitely chipping away at it. And cis individuals getting used to the idea that not everybody's exactly like them. Right. And like getting mm-hmm. in and being in the space and being present. You know what I mean? And like that's what's really and showing our humanity as well. You know what I mean? Because there's like this whole idea that we're just like on the outskirts of humanity for some reason when it comes to uh, being trans. But we're just like just right. like everybody else. You know, and we go through the same things. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like showing our humanity and being like, hey, we're in the space. We're here. We need these things, too. And that's like being there and being present. Even when it's hard sometimes, you know what I mean? Because it's not easy, mm-hmm. but being being in the space and being present, that's what's going to really make change and really going to propel us forward. Now, I don't know if you get, often get the opportunity to do this directly, but you now have the floor tray and uninterrupted here on this show. What would be your words to the cis members of our community? Um, my message would be like, chill out. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Can we make t-shirts and say that from Mr. Right, San Francisco? Exactly. <laughs> you know, that's all I want. Just like, just relax. It's not, you know, I mean, trans men are men. Trans women are mm-hmm. women. That's it. There's no, there's not like some crazy formula to it, you know, of like how you're supposed to treat these individuals. You know what I mean? There's, you know, yeah, we are people just like everybody else in some instances we might have different needs but everybody has different needs for different things so right if you think of it that way like just chill out just relax okay i mean i think you sum <laughs> you summed up pretty well it's just like chill the fuck out okay just calm the fuck down it's you know what i mean like it's i love it's it not that, it's neither making it bigger of a deal than it really is you know what i mean um right and just you know that like a lot of things are not your business unless i'm fucking you right like just reality of the situation i just think that people i mean yeah just chill the fuck out just calm down yeah you know (laughs) i'm curious to know what your experience is like in like backroom situations i mean do you spend a lot of time in like the cruising spots yes (laughs) okay um yeah i mean it's been hit or miss. You know, sometimes it's like, I mean, I mean, put this out there. I've had a lot of good times in some back rooms, back spaces, and cruising and whatnot. Um, uh, and not some good times sometimes because it's just like people just don't, they're like, I don't know what the hell is going on here. You know, <laughs> I don't know how to yeah. deal with all these things. It's too much, but you know. How do you navigate that at that point? I'm just like, I'm pretty, like I said, I'm pretty chill and I have like, you know, thick skin, like, you know, as far as certain stuff, but it's like when somebody may have an issue with the back me being chance, I, I really don't want to deal with you anyway. So right. I just kind of, sh- I'm like, all right, cool, moving on. You know what I mean? Because for the one person that might have a problem, there's like 10 other people that don't. So right. I just kind of chalk it up to not everybody's going to be cool and that's fine. But like, I would think that too is like, you know, I don't get hung up on it too, too much because it's like there's a million people out there to fuck and have fun with. And I'm not going to be worrying about this one person that is closed minded and ignorant. So that's just how I kind of deal with that. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I do what I can. I do as much as, <laughs> as I can. And uh, like if, you know, if somebody's not cool with me or anything, I'm just like, all right, well, 
you just move, move on, on to the next one. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, well, let's talk a little bit about your kinks. I mean, we're all here to be, yeah. you know, yeah. kinky. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> so, of course. What, what are what are some of your kinks and fetishes? Uh, I'm definitely like impact. Impact is one of like so like flogging, like okay. punching, and all all the thuddy things that I like. All those. Um, also into piss play. Uh, mm, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Water sports are always fun, you know. And uh, knives are um, part of my thing as well. Like knives and I like. There's not much I will say no to, to be honest, except for. Okay. Um, like uh, scat type, I I don't do that. But um, other than that, I'm pretty open with most things. I, I like I you know kind of was saying before. I try not to close myself off because of, <laughs> previously I said I don't do X Y and Z, but I find myself doing X Y and Z. But <laughs> <laughs> that happens. To, that happened to me. I remember when I first came into kink, I was like fisting and sounding right. are my right. limits. And then like l- next year goes by, and I'm like. Fisting exactly, because <laughs> exactly. I said the same thing. I was like, I'm not going to fist. I'm like, yeah. you know, here I am. Okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, <laughs> I did that. All right. <laughs> and that's one of the things I enjoy, too. So I was like, all right. You know, right, so, exactly. Um, yeah, so I try not to, like, close myself off too many things. I'm just like, I'm probably going to do it anyway. But, you know. If you were going to highlight one of your favorite kings for us, what, what would it be? And do you have any uh, maybe kinky stories related to that? Um, Electro, like, is one of my favorites. Um, okay. Uh, well, but, like, my job when I was in the Coast Guard, I used to be an electrician. So it was, you know, I uh, felt like it's a natural thing I kind of fell into again. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> uh, being electrocuted and stuff, but it's it's one of my favorite things, you know. Um, and I don't even have, like, a bad story related to it, because even if it's, like, seriously painful, I did something wrong, it still was okay. Uh-huh. So, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, what does an electro scene look like with you? Um, there's rope always involved, because I'm more of a dom-type top. So I'd like to tie up and, like, um, have my person restrained, and just using the wand and then using spurs or whatnot up and down the body, over nipples, on the penis or vagina, or I use the nails as well, like the one nail that's electrified. Mm, okay. Um, and I just put like, you know, you have the box hooked up to me and I'm just, the current goes through my body into the person. And yeah, like I try a, diff- a lot of different things. I also like the tinsel. The tinsel is really cool. What is the tinsel? Um, it's just basically like a, a flogger that's made out of metal, but it's not like your traditional like metal. It's like, um, like tinsel you would see on a tree. That's why I call it tinsel. Okay. <laughs> like a fab, like some kind of metallic fabric metallic or something. Metallic fabric that will hold current as well and i like to use that a lot for like flogging and just general sensation and having like sensory deprivation as well Um, so like having like blindfolds and mask and like so hearing and eyes are covered and everything like that and i always like to play some type of like moody music as well just to get you in the get you in the vibe and the mood you know (laughs) what i mean and like I like to, to see my bottom, like, just waiting in anticipation as, like, roll out all the instruments and stuff that I'm going to use and everything, like, my bag and everything. So so I let them see and then put the cover on, you know what I mean? So I have, like, a whole scene kind of set up, which is kind of cool, you know? Um, 
Now, when, now that you're at home and we're kind of mm-hmm. been locked away uh, for mm-hmm. like a year, I mean, do you and your partner play kinky at home? Oh, yeah, of course. We have, we actually got a sling that we had brought in. Oh, my. Like, and we have a cage that's in that I utilize frequently because we have like a, a second bedroom that's not quite a dungeon space, but we kind of made it that way because, uh, Normally, I have uh, it's supposed to be like a guest bedroom, <laughs> but since we're not having guests right now, it's kind of changed into like a dungeon space right now. So I'm like, so I have my cage, which is pretty big, um, and a sling that's in there that gets nice. utilized quite often. <laughs> so. <laughs> Could you maybe? I mean, you don't have to if you if you don't want to, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm curious to know: is there like a kinky story you could share with us kinky during quarantine with Trey. <laughs> oh man um i think the the most recent one is that i i don't even know what was going on i think she there was because we have we have definitely like uh daddy girl dynamic mm. and i i believe that it was a day where i was just like you are getting on my nerves right now and i was like <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you need, you know, it's time for you to get in the cage. Like, that's, I don't want to hear this anymore. So I put her in there, locked it, and then I was like, oh, this is, like, the perfect time. So I, was like, got out all my toys and uh, my Electro. I have a wand, Electro wand. And in the moment, I took out my toys. And, of course, like I said before, that Electro is my thing. So I just mm-hmm. started kind of getting her through the bars and whatnot. And, you know, obviously, she's, like, stripped down or whatnot. So I'm just like hitting her with the electrode through the bars and I left for probably a good 30 minutes. Just let the anticipation kind of build up about what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Just lay in there. Don't say a word. I don't need you to do anything. And then throughout the day, this came through and kind of fucked her when I wanted to and just left her in the cage. So oh my that, God. Was a good, that was pretty much a good day. Yeah, that was a good day. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Trey, yeah. you're giving me so many ideas for when I'm out of right. quarantine. <laughs> Cage, I mean, cages are fun. They really, it's one of my my things, too. I like that, the whole just, well, I'm you know, power dynamics and power change are one of my things as well, so. And we play with that a lot with the the dynamic and whatnot. So that is one of one of the things that we do. Especially, she I think she does things on purpose to make me mad, so so she can go in the cage. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome, though. No, you're just remind. I have a sub that I have not seen in so Mm. long because it's been. I mean, I think we didn't see each other for six months before quarantine, and then. But I, he he loves being like humiliated and tortured, and mm-hmm. I'm just imagining like totally tormenting him right now in a cage. Yeah, it's fun. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, and they, you know, like her, like everything. She just like kind of, you know, she's she's she can't move. She's there, and when I decide to let her out is when you know we're done. You know, so wow. yeah, wow, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. Trey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so trey out of all the years that you've been a part of like the whole leather kink scene what is maybe just one uh kink experience that really stands out in your mind um one kink experience that really stands out in my mind was um i went to a um a conference or a um event it's called self out in atlanta which is 
I can't remember what all the what the acronym like letters are actually, uh-huh. but uh, it's in Atlanta. It's a it was it was a pretty cool. It was a new space for me. I'd never been in, but it was you know uh, a lot of the Onyx Pearls has something to do with it. But either uh-huh. way, um, I saw this. There's a uh, a woman that was fairly small. She's probably like maybe like two or so, and she had her partner with her, uh, which was a very large uh, large guy. And the next time I saw them, like they were walking together, and I was like, okay, like you know, you're meeting all the people in the hallway and whatnot. And then next thing you know, I see him. Uh, he is tied. Uh, he has a full, um, like a um, a sleep sack on with the up to his neck, with the hood on, and like a complete uh, sensory de- deprivation uh, cinched at his neck, and like a sleeping uh, or not sleeping, but a um, body bag from mm-hmm. his neck down uh, that was tied around his ankles, and he had chains on his ankles, and um, he was probably walking around in that for like the entire time maybe like you know at least it was like hours upon hours like oh my god like, okay yeah so and we were doing during the contest and everything he was like sitting in a chair with all this on he's walking around with all this on and she's leading him by a leash throughout the whole thing and um so me and asia you know we're you know trying to you know go into the dungeon set up our scene and do what we're about to do and we couldn't help but watch what the scene that was going on with them and so basically she had him tied to a um um the saint andrew's cross mm-hmm. and she had um so she was like she was just she was flogging him and like his whole back was like completely beat red which is perfectly that's like good you know and then was like oh cool that's fun and he's still he's out of the bag now but he just has the hood on still that's cinched at the neck so she has him handcuffed to the saint andrew's cross and then she takes him off she puts him on the spanking bench and um she straps him to the straight the spanking bench on both um on either side with his legs attached uh-huh and so I didn't. So then she puts these huge, like, meat hooks in his back and his shoulders. Wait. Yeah. Wait, like so in she, in his body? In his in his skin, in his skin. So like in each side of his shoulder blades, like on his shoulder blades. Oh wow. She pierced each side with, um, like, meat hooks. Uh huh. And I was like, wow, this is very interesting. And he still has his hood on, and he's you know. So then she takes a. I don't know if you ever seen it's like those tire um uh like uh it, it's like tire tread uh paddle or um yeah it's like a tire tread like paddle okay. and like it's really heavy and thick and like when you get hit with it it's not like you know it's not a light feeling you know right it's a heavy um, hit it's a heavy really you know and this one had um like metal studs on it which i've never seen before because the the regular one is already you know but that one i was like oh okay that's like for real you know so she's like she was just like wailing on this guy for like i don't even know it was a long time it was like to the point where i'm like already you know 
setting up a scene and doing I'm doing you know I was taking my time and they it was still happening so it was like at least an hour and you know he, she was doing this oh my god and he, yeah and he's like bloody like with the hooks in his back and like she's you know he she's beating his butt with it but it's like just beat red like bloody like blood is like coming out of like his cheeks oh shit so then she has um she takes a so she grabs the meat hooks, she puts on strap on, and she's fucking him, holding the meat hooks for I don't even know how it was more than it was a good like three, forty minutes while he's like bloody and bleeding and holding the meat hooks, fucking him. Oh wow. And, and then she took she, she took the meat hooks, she put a butt plug in his butt, and she hooked the meat hooks to his to the to the um, butt plug after she got done fucking him and left him like that for a while. And you're just, and then eventually he passed out like that. <gasps> and that was, so that, yes. And then she like took it all down and he was still passed out laying on the spaking bench. Oh my God. Was he okay? I'm sure I'm, I, I think he was fine. You know, I was not <laughs> wow. about to interrupt that at all. So yeah, that was probably the that was probably the most interesting one scene I've ever had. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would yeah. have had the. I would have called like the ambulance, being like, "You guys need to get here fast." <laughs> exactly. It was. It was like I was like, oh, I was like, is he can 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 a body sustain that much of like because it wasn't a short scene by any means. Right. Like, it was because I I remember. Like I did at one point, I left and came back, and they were and he was still doing stuff, you know. And wow. I was just like, yeah. And he was, I mean, this his whole everything was like full of blood, like his whole back and butt, everything was full of blood. I don't so, think I've yeah. ever heard of no. a scene that hardcore before. No, yeah, that was that was probably the most hardcore one I've ever seen. Yeah, that's why, <laughs> and this happened years ago, so I was like very. That's the one I remember vividly for sure. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, getting back to some of your kinks now, uh, I know you said earlier that you were into impact play. So I want to know when was the first time you experienced impact play? And when did you first realize that it could be like a sexual experience for you? Um, I would say, well, the first time I, I saw it take place was when I was actually at an Onyx party in Mid-Atlantic Leather. And there was like, first of all, it was an amazing sight because you see all these black and brown bodies like in one space with like moody music and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like me and Asia, we had done our own things and stuff like that, but to actually see like more of a production of it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I go into, it was a hotel room in, um, at Mid-Atlantic Leather because they get, Onyx gets a suite every time. And they had all these black and brown bodies in there. And I was just like, I just see somebody just basically like just hanging on the cross, right? And I'm just like, okay, like this is pretty cool already. I'm like, I'm ready for this. <laughs> so this know. is like a St. Andrew's cross? So, yeah, yeah. Okay, St. Andrew's cross. Cool. And uh, so I'm just like, I was like, whoa, I was like, what is about to happen? I'm like, okay, like this is cool. And the next thing you know is just Mufasa was i can't even remember who he was because he was thinking he wasn't fucking he was uh -huh. just like 
hitting with his hand, but I was like, wow, this is crazy. Like, okay. And he was like, you know, doing all these things before and making y'all like, he was like doing rhythmic and all that stuff. I was like, okay. I, it was the first time that like, I have done my own things and, but it was the first time that I had a chance to see it done by a person of color and doing it in a manner where I felt connected to it automatically. Mm-hmm. So, cause I in different capacities but this this time was the one that really I connected with. Right. So I was just like, oh, I was like, okay, like I'm here for this all day. No, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, yeah. I don't want to overanalyze, but I do. I am curious to know if you feeling comfortable exploring that kink had anything to do with the fact that there were other people there that that looked like you and you felt safe. Right. Absolutely. I think that had a, a very big part in it because, uh, like I said earlier, like our kind of our journey started. Um, more or less with the Nighthawks of Virginia, which I love. Those guys are amazing, but it's just a different element and feeling. I I just have some setbacks when it comes to white people (laughs) hitting me. I think I have a little bit of, you know, anxiety and it it takes me back to a mentality that, or just takes me to a mentality that just doesn't work for me. Right. So, and I'm like, okay, like, I don't... like if I do them maybe or something like that, but if my state of mind is like, I'm more comfortable with somebody of color that's doing that just because it's, you know, that, that dynamic of relationship is just when you have two people of color, there's no expectation because typically what will happen, which has happened is that people, uh, white people will change it into something that is like, oh, okay, well you're my slave or, something uh-huh. crazy and i'm like i i have people that are into that and that's perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with race play at all i think people you know do that but that is not something that i do and i haven't done um i'm not really closing myself off to it but it's something that i would have to particularly feel connected to that person to be able to, for them to do it and i just it hasn't happened with a white person and you know it's just it's one of those things where i'm like oh no no you're not hitting me Right. I mean, that just takes it to a whole other place. And with there's so much historical context, and you, you, unless you really know that that person's motives are true and on the same, like, you're on the same, like, mental headspace kind of thing. Right. Like, I can see that. Like, why would you let anybody, for whatever reason, do anything to you if you don't trust them? Right, exactly. Yeah. And there, there's just like a certain underlying level of trust that I automatically have with a person of color because I know those questions aren't going to be asked of me mm-hmm. um, as far as like being a slave for like within a race, uh, race play capacity. Right. Like that's right. not going to really be a question. I'm going to be a black man who is being flogged by somebody of color who is also enjoys flogging or impact play, you know, <laughs> so yeah. it's not going to yeah. it's not going to change into something that I don't want it to be. Now, I do I do want to kind of pick your brain a little bit about your experience with Onyx. But before we go there, we'll circle back. Um, When was the first time that you actually got flogged or flogged someone? Um, That was my first time was uh, with the Nighthawks of Virginia. And it was funny. We were doing like a. It was just a just a random night where we were just like just hanging out. And next, you know. I kind of got tied up a little bit, and next day I got flogged. I was like, okay. "Wait, who do you mean? Like, whoops, I'm tied up." Like, <laughs> like, because it was just like we were like playing around, and we we're all like kind of hanging out in a bar in the bar, which was like MJ's uh, oh, okay. tavern. 
and you know we're you know you're you know just having fun or whatnot and you know kingsters it always turns into you know somebody's getting tied up or flogged or something's happening you know some sort of some play is going to happen regardless we're in like a traditional space to do it right Uh so uh you know so next thing you know it was like oh like you know one of my friends he was just like oh here like i'm just tie your hands i'm like okay cool like i like this and next thing you know i was getting flogged which i was completely fine with you know i was like (laughs) all right i can do that but onyx definitely took it to a different space for me for sure that that happened like 10 years ago or something like that (laughs) nine or 10 years ago yeah Let's hear a little bit more about uh, the organizations you're a part of. And I do want to specifically hear more about Onyx since we kind of already touched on that. Yeah, Onyx is the Leatherman of Color organization that's all is uh, nationwide. Uh, but specifically, um, I'm part of the one in the Bay Area. And we are one of the newer chapters. We've been around for almost three years now. Mm-hmm. I am the current president of or the um, Northwest. So that includes Oregon and Portland as well, uh, okay. which we do have a handful of members that are in those areas. But the majority of our, our brothers are in San Francisco or the greater uh, San Francisco Bay Area. So, I mean, how long have you been a part of Onyx? uh three years <laughs> so okay. i um yeah because we i was one of the founding fathers of the, the group here in uh, the bay area we basically just stood up this whole organization here it was seven of us seven founding fathers and we were kind of you know a lot of people have been waiting for an organization like this to kind of pop up but they're in the Bay, the, the idea was we really didn't need it because a lot of people already had a lot of things are going for them. And so they didn't need to really, I guess they felt like there was no support system that was really necessary. So within the last couple of years, we found that there was like a very strong need for it for some reason, like during this time or during uh, about three years ago, it just, it just kind of like popped up. It was like, Every, every all of a sudden people were like oh yeah we want this we want this but we hadn't because they've been trying to get onyx in the bay area for the last like i don't even know nine or ten years something uh-huh. like that before i got here and uh well you know as soon as we started kind of uh, talking about it it's just like people started popping up everywhere trying to be a part of us so we were like okay this is something that we need to do and people are wanting this you know so we um seven of us got together and we just stuck with it we did all the pledging and because you know part of the pledge process is just doing a lot of tasks to cross and whatnot into into onyx so um we all of the things that were required of us and seven of us crossed and we are we picked positions and it so happened we had our original president uh, was not me it was somebody else but he had some issues going on so he had to step down Mm-hmm. And I kind of stepped in. I was the vice president at the time. And then I stopped. I stepped into that position um, as president. So I've been president for the last uh, about two and a half years or so like that. So which is great. I mean, we we are we're now on our uh, we're coming up on our third pledge class. We have had the murder squad, which was our first. And then we had the street breed, which is our second one. We don't know the name of the third one because we allow pledges to come up with their names and stuff for their for their group or whatnot for their pledge class or whatnot their pledge class right Mm -hmm. so yeah like that's what's uh 
we're still building we're still trying to organize ourselves and get ourselves together and whatnot but we we've been doing um pretty good uh we have a we do a bar night and the world goes back to normal one day if that ever happens <laughs> our normal bar night is at the powerhouse so yeah cool so if we wanted to get like more connected with onyx uh is it northwest you said yeah onyx northwest yeah is that all listed on the onyx website yeah we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on all all the social medias pretty much and it's onyx northwest for all of our handles for everything and they can also email us as onyxnorthwest.nca at gmail.com if you uh, want to learn more about our organization as far as other chapters you can go to onyxmen.com and it'll give you all the information on every single chapter who the members in the chapters and like a little bit of onyx history from the national standpoint and okay. yeah like anything that you want to know about onyx is on there or on our website awesome awesome and i'll make sure to put those links in the in the episode description as well Mm -hmm. um i know you had another organization or so that you wanted to speak on right um it's called btac which is a black trans advocacy that's it's out of dallas texas um originally but there is a chapter that is up in the bay area that's being run which is called the brotherhood and a sub chapter of btac which is an organization that advocates for black trans people it's more uh, trans masculine folks but they are out here doing the work doing all types of like health research and stuff like that trying to support black trans masculine folks with their health journey specifically so i want to just shout out to them because they are doing amazing work and they're keeping keeping all of this going and stuff like that so yeah absolutely i'll make sure to put a link to that in the description below um before we go, Trey, how can we reach out to you and stay connected with you? Yeah, um, I'm on pretty much everything. So it's like <laughs> uh, Facebook and it's uh, Mr. San Francisco Leather 2020 on Facebook, on Twitter. And email is uh, Mr. San Francisco 2020 at gmail.com. And you, I'm pretty much everywhere on, <laughs> on all the social medias. And that's pretty much all my hand for everything. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, as we part ways here today, uh, do you have any last words for our audience? Uh, I don't know. Stay kinky. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, stay kinky. Don't forget to check out the many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The Alley Leather COVID-19 Assist, Boulevard Pantry, and LELC Cares are all ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will have links in the description below. I'd also like to remind our listeners of the Bite the Bullet event taking place over Zoom coming up Sunday, March 21st at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I myself will be hosting this event alongside Volta Charge and the Bullet Bar. All proceeds will go towards the LELC Cares and Bullet Bar Pantry. There will be drag performances, kink demos, and sexy prizes. So make sure to follow me on all of my socials in order to get updates on how to join as the date approaches. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet and Twitter as Brandon Bullet LA. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky. Oh,